This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Dispossessed, a Glisten Plus production. Episode 4. Hey, look! Ow! That hurt! Get off of me! Hey, let me go! I didn't do nothing! Stop! Hey, let me go! The police thought Jason had something to do with Janice's death. I guess he probably did fit the profile. My mom, Brandon, Alvin, and I were watching by our car. Jake wasn't too far away, just playing with the grass. I don't think he really understood what was happening. Hey, you, you get out of there! You have no right! Oh, you're hurting my arm! Some officers were going through Jason's tent. It didn't even seem like they were looking for anything specific. Just throwing out every can and blanket and keepsake. Stop! Let me go! Do they have to be so rough with him? He didn't do it. He's... He's... He's been trying so damn hard. How can you be sure? Hmm? Maybe he snapped, even if it was just for a moment. Because he's him. And he and Janice were friends, almost family. We all are here. It just doesn't make sense. Alvin looked down. Brandon did too. Like they were both thinking the same thing. I've been here for years. Years. And nothing like this has ever happened. Everyone here is being pushed to their limits. No. Something wrong is in the air. Like a... disease. Every time I breathe this sense of dread in my lungs. I felt it too. Getting these mm, nightmares. I was staring at Brandon, but he avoided my eyes. Like he was embarrassed or ashamed or something. I've been having nightmares too. We all turned to my brother. He was still playing with the grass. What? Creepy ones. They all have the same girl. She has a weird face. Standing in front of that house. It's crumbling. She's crumbling. I could see my mom's face tighten. It was eerie. And we all knew she was already holding on to sanity by a thread. You said that house. What house? The one you can see from our house. Our old house. The one that they were tearing down. Oh, it's just a dream, honey. Nothing to worry about, right, Lainey? Mom looked at me for reassurance. Like she didn't know what to say to make Jake feel better. It's just dreams, Jake. But what I saw happen to Janice, and that thing in the bathroom, those hadn't been dreams. I took a breath. I could feel something deep in my lungs. Like a start of a cough that never came. What was wrong with this place? I think I'm a genius. It was the perfect meet-cute. Meet-cute? Yeah, you know, like in a rom-com. 
I orchestrated the whole thing, and he actually asked. Prom with Josh Stevens. Life is a dream. How far down the list was he? Aaron stared at me, not wanting to say. Come on. I don't know what you mean. I know you had your choices ranked. Just give me a number. One through five. Three. <laughs> Lady! <laughs> Life is a dream. Third choice. Shut up! Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I really am happy for you. Really. Sure. I am! The hallway to the library was coming up, and I started to split off from Marin. Where are you going? Library. You're not eating lunch? No, got some, uh, homework to get done. You're gonna make me sit alone. Chris Simpson does it every day. Exactly! No one wants to be Chris Simpson! Enjoy! Enjoy lunch! Sorry! I hate you! Obviously, I didn't have any homework to catch up on. Or, I did, but that's not why I was going to the library. All morning, I had been thinking about Jake's dream, that feeling in my lungs, and the cloud of dust that had drifted from where they tore down the old Bertram house. No, 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 no. I typed in Bertram and pressed search. A lot more real estate links than I expected. Here we go. We are sad to announce the passing of Eleanor Bertram, our sweet. The first link I found was of an old obituary. It was for a little girl, Eleanor, the youngest of the Bertram household. The house had always been creepy. Kids used to say that they saw lights moving in the attic window even after everyone moved out. But I had never seen anything, and I could see the house from my window. I kept reading. Eleanor is survived by her mother and father, Elizabeth and Joseph, and her older sister, Mary Ann. Mary Ann, Mary Ann, Mary Ann. There wasn't much on Mary Ann, just that she seemed to still be in the area, or at least she was not too long ago. Her name popped up on a residence list at an assisted living center not too far. Hey there, Leinster. Not again. Hi, Gina. What you looking at? Um, research for a paper. About? Oh, nothing. Local architecture. I could see her looking me over. Right. Hey, didn't you wear that shirt yesterday? I did. Laundry was hard to keep up on without a machine. She didn't need to know that, though. I was in a rush this morning. You know how it goes. Sure. It was like an old West duel. She stared at me, and I stared at her. <sighs> I won't bug you anymore. Good luck on your... paper. Shh. Oh, fuck off! Wear some headphones, you narc! I looked down at my slightly dirty shirt. It was obvious she was catching on. I'd have to be more diligent about switching outfits. It was hard to get homework done without a home. A lot of distractions, constantly. Come on. Cops. Just one car this time, thank God. It was Jason. He looked rattled, 
disheveled, or at least more than usual. They just dropped him off and left. Must not have been able to link him to the killing. Explains why they were so inconspicuous. Brandon stepped out of his tent. He'd been watching too. Hey, Jason. Hey, Brandon. You all right? Okay. You could hear the defeat in his voice, the exhaustion. And you could see it when he got to his nearly destroyed tent. His stuff was everywhere, and piece by piece, he picked it up. Laney, come to bed. Okay. Brandon and I met eyes. He gave a half-hearted wave, and so did I. He shook his head, and I knew it was about Jason, the situation. I sent back an eyebrow raise of affirmation and headed back to the car. Or, excuse me, bed. I think the repeated nights of barely any sleep finally caught up with me because I swear as soon as I closed my eyes, I was out cold. And then, I was somewhere else. I knew this place. It looked different, but I knew it. The Bircham House. I mean, not the Bircham House I had seen from my window all those years. It was, like, new. Pristine. It actually looked alive. Something called me to the front door. I wasn't scared or anything. It almost felt like it was my house. I was happy to go inside. Hello? Hello? Why don't you go ahead and put some greens on it, too? But Eleanor never eats them. There was a kitchen at the other side of the house. Looked like a dining room was attached, too. That's where the voices were, and that's where I was headed. Just the same. Maybe today she will. I finished. Here. You're a good big sister. Hello? Hello? I rounded the corner and there were people around the table. A mother, father, and daughter. They looked straight out of an old magazine or something. Now give it to your father. The daughter handed a plate of food to the dad. I'll bring this up to Eleanor just as soon as I've finished. Eleanor? She was here. I felt like I had to see her. Compelled or something. On my way upstairs, I passed photos on the wall. Pictures of the family. There was only one room with the door shut. Three locks on the door. I moved toward it. I stepped inside. And there was a young girl. Building a house from blocks. Then tearing it down. And then building it again. And then she looked at me. She just stared, not even blinking.
around the room, the flowery wallpaper started to tear on its own, like age was rapidly catching up with it. And then I noticed her face. Her skin was doing the same, tearing and cracking like paint, getting pale. Was she angry or scared? She opened her mouth and from it, I woke up fast. I knew the screaming was real. What's going on? My mom was the first to get outside. Jake and I right behind her. Someone! Help! Please! Oh my god! I need help! Brandon was sitting on the ground holding someone. Help! Alvin. I ran over. Everyone in the park was too. Brandon! Brandon, what happened? Brandon's dad bolted out of their tent with towels. It took me a second to realize what for. Alvin was covered in blood, from neck to knees, soaked in red. I didn't mean to, I swear. I don't even remember doing it. I could barely hear Jason over everyone talking amongst each other. I'm so sorry. I don't remember. I don't remember. I turned to see Jason. He was sitting alone on the curb, rocking back and forth, talking to himself. I walked towards him, slow. Jason? I'm sorry. He had blood all over him. Had he been attacked too? Then, I noticed what he was holding. I found it on the ground, and then I saw Alvin. I, I tried to help him. I think that's what happened. He held an X-Acto knife, sticking out of its casing, broken and bloody. From this angle, I could see all the track marks running down his arms. Alvin. Please. Please don't. Please don't. Please. I just don't know. Look, if it was me. If it was me. I'm so, so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Dispossessed, starring Sidney Sepulveda as Laney. Sissy Jones as Ashley, Grady Lisby as Jake, Malcolm Brown as Brandon, and Emily Hahn as Aaron. Written by Tyler Clifton, story by and directed by Adam J. Epstein. Executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein. Edited and mixed by Todd Donald. Additional voices by Jeff Shine, Scott Pete, Jason Kelly, Olive Epstein, and Jack Stepanek. The Dispossessed is a Glisten Plus production.